Hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a podcast about living freely in a world given back to us. Wade and Mike, that's me. We're doing our COVID-19 online learning experience for our um, for our students here. He's helping me out with my classes and I'm helping him out with his classes today. This is Philosophy 202, uh, Christian Apologetics. This is going to be very short because I spend a day... Uh, talking about the ontological argument for the existence of God. And what I usually do is I give them the ontological argument and then watch them go, that's stupid. And then I play a little game where they try to um, disprove the ontological argument. And then I'm kind of, I'm, I'm sort of incredulous at their, and they get frustrated and I actually find great joy in this. And so <laughs> since we don't have this, uh, since I don't have an audience like that, this is going to be kind of a very, very short one and that's okay. They have other readings and videos that they're going to do about the ontological argument. Ontology, I divide my uh, course up um, with historical apologetics, think resurrection and textual stuff. And then I do... Um, uh, uh, teleological, anthropological, ontological, and teleological, and I divide everything up in the in the uh, course after that under those categories, and I'm shoehorning things into there, um, and so it's not actually it's not all that uh, all that uh, smooth and and clear cut. So when I do the broader ontological section, I put in there the problem of evil. And all sorts of things go with there. Is God a moral monster and all those kinds of things? And so that will be for a later session. But wait, if I asked you, if I said, if I said ontology to you, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Being. Yeah. And so, and so the, 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 what does it mean to be a person is sort of it. Like, how do we know we exist? Maybe even a little bit. Like but, sometimes when people say to me, you're a good man, I'll say, well, not ontologically. Right. That's right. So um, when I put the problem of evil under ontology, and I'm not the only person that does that, uh, when I classify it under that, it goes to the classical problem with the, of the problem of evil. How could there be a good, loving, and all-powerful God and a world of evil? How could these things be, right? But the ontological argument for the existence of God is actually a particular argument, and it kind of goes like this. <clears throat> If God's existence is possible, then God exists. God existence is possible, therefore God exists. Now to bring it a little bit uh, uh, fuller in that is to say that the concept of God, so I'm not talking about Yahweh, I'm not talking about Jesus, I'm just talking about the concept of God is the most perfect being that we could come up with. And if it is a perfect being, like if we can think about a perfect being, it is more perfect to exist than not to exist. So a perfect being, like the biggest, baddest thing that we could think about would, would exist. If it didn't exist, it would not be the biggest, baddest thing. If God lacked that existence, he would not be God. And so there would be no even point of thinking about God. Now, if I think about all possible worlds, so I'm thinking about all the possible worlds here. There's a possible world that is exactly like this world, except there's no coronavirus. We can 
That sounds about, like a, a nice world. Yeah, we could think about a possible world there. There's a possible world in which um, Wade Johnston, after he had a, a 12-year career with the Detroit Lions as an offensive guard, leading it to multiple, multiple Super Why'd Bowls. Why'd you give me a fat guy position? Then, then because that's what you played in, in football. It is. Then became a pastor. There's a possible world where I'm left-handed. And so you could start. This sounds like about, the man in the high castle on Amazon. Did you watch that? I have not watched that. It's really good. Does he use the word ontology? It's at what if the Nazis and oh, sure. the Japanese won, and then there's other worlds. So I won't give away the plot. So it's counterfactual kind of stuff. Like what happened if this happened? So when we think of possible worlds, we're thinking about all the possibilities out there. So there is literally an infinite amount of possible worlds because there's an there's, you could just keep changing facts, right? So from our point of view, there's it's an infinite amount of possible worlds. Now, if there is a, if the highest thing we think about is God, and the fact that we're thinking about it, that would mean that a perfect being would exist in all possible worlds. Like there wouldn't be a possible world without this higher being. Since the world we're in right now. Does that mean there couldn't be a world in which I'm not a Detroit Lions offensive lineman? There is. That is true. Okay. That is true. Since the world we are in right now is a possible world and an actual world, that means that God exists. Now, at first glance, you're like, that's a nice parlor trick. That is actually kind of ridiculous and you may say but how do you know how do you know what what's the how do who gets to decide what is this highest being this most perfect being um for instance you may say um uh, a perfect being would have black hair or a perfect being would have brown hair or something like that but those are things that have much more to do with preference those are not ontologically perfect or they're not object there's no we can have different kinds of things that are our preference, right? Or we can't say like a perfect pizza would have pepperoni on it. And that, that is something of opinion. And then even if it, we could come to a conclusion that the perfect pizza had pepperoni, we could always add one more pepperoni to it. We're are you picking pepperoni to mock me? No, okay. we are talking about, we just ordered pizza and he got, we won't go into it, but he got, he got black olives. Um, so when we think about this po these many possible worlds, this perfect being would have to exist in all of these possible worlds. We're not, we're not talking about, oh, my favorite pizza or whatever. We're talking about the supreme thing that we can think of. And if we can think about it, that means, and if I can think about a possible world in which that supreme being exists, and if that supreme being is supreme, it would be in every possible world, and this is a possible world, and therefore God exists. Now, we may say, this is absolutely ridiculous. How could we even think about this? But it has actually been, uh, has come into favor in certain times and certain places. Maybe I'll just, I'll just read it in a different way to give a handle on it. It is true by definition that God is a being that than which none greater can be imagined. So the supreme being most perfect. 
God exists as an idea in the mind. I think we'd all agree with that. A being that exists in the mind and in reality is greater than a being that exists only in the mind. If God exists only in the mind, then we cannot imagine something greater than God. But we cannot imagine something that is greater than God, a being greater than the greatest possible being. Therefore, God exists both in mind and reality. So that's a tighter way of thinking about it. If I think, if there is in my mind the, the thought of a supreme perfect being, we'll call it God, then that supreme being has to exist because to be supreme it would have to exist in all possible worlds. So, if we can, just by the fact that we can think about a supreme being means that there is a supreme being. And I think there's actually something quite profound there that we're made for knowledge that there's something bigger. It's, it's sort of just like a thing that we have that we know that there's something bigger, that there is this perfect, there's an innate desire and knowledge of God. And so some reformed uh, philosophers would say that, that, that the knowledge of God is a, is a basic idea. It is a, it is a basic knowledge fact. It's a basic fact. It's something that, that we just all know. Um, and so what I like to do is give out this argument. And then I say, before you raise your hand, or whether you say you like it or not, I can, I can, I can predict who's going to like it in class and who's going to not like it. So anybody who's kind of like pre-law or something like that, generally they're going to be like, yeah, I kind of dig that, right? The logic seems to be tight. Um, but anybody who is in, um, in the sciences is going to say, that's the worst thing that you could possibly, you know, that's, that's a joke, right? So it is kind of, kind of in interesting that certain people are attracted to certain arguments for the existence of God. All right, so that's the ontological argument. Um, there are some videos and short things that the students are going to read that are going to make uh, that a little bit easier to understand than my rambling. Quite frankly, it's not, uh, I don't think it's uh, one that you're going to use uh, with your atheist friend. <laughs> it's probably not going to uh, be very helpful. It's kind of a lose yourself in a rabbit hole kind of thing. But what's funny about it is the logic actually is kind of tight and you don't, it's hard to get out of it. It's, it becomes a very frustrating thing. So um, people that are against the ontological for the argument for the existence of God often kind of say, well, I can't refute it, but I don't like it, right? That kind of thing. Now, there are some ways to, that people have attempted to refute it, saying um, just because something's in a mind doesn't mean that that, that has to go to reality. And, and we'll think of all sorts of things like a you know, a unicorn or something like that, that doesn't mean it's real. But the argument against that is, well, this is a specific type of thought in the mind that there is a supreme being and a supreme being, the fact that we can think about a supreme being, a supreme being would exist in all possible worlds. And it seems to, seems to us that a supreme, it makes more sense that a supreme being would put that in us, that we knew that there was a creator, that there was a supreme being, and the fact that we think about it is, is somewhat of a, a proof that there is the possibility of a God. And then you start getting into, well, if it's possible, then it would be possible in every possible world, and therefore it would be true in the actual world. So have I made you a Christian, Wade, with the ontological argument? What do you think?
I'll ask my wife. <laughs> it is. This is why it's going to be a short one. Uh, usually, and when we do this in class, I just like to bug them and try to get them to uh, uh, try to refute my, my logic, that kind of thing. So it's a quick 12-minute little um, little intro into the ontological argument. There's a video the students have to listen to or watch, and that will explain a little bit. But uh, don't worry, I'm not going to make you regurgitate this um, for a test or anything like that. So until next time, let the bird fly.